right, here we go! Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sandbox Podcast. This is a platform where we are going to learn how to lead well with other leaders. It's going to be a short day, but I go on back. Coming to you live from the good land, it's your boy Tyler Richardson, and welcome to another episode of the Sandbox Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you know you're just you know, puttering along on all good cylinders. Uh, back is good, you know, feeling good, Queenie's good, you know, everything's being, you know, pretty decently good, so, you know, I can't complain too much. Now, just to let you know, today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter than other episodes, and this is just going to be a little bit of a shot in the arm type of episode, a gold star episode, if you will. And basically, you know, we don't really get all that spiritual on this podcast, but I felt like we need to do a little bit of a spiritual slashing, you know, slash encouragement, slash uh, keep your head up, slash keep moving forward type of episode. And, you know, as you know, we our whole enchilada around here is trying to make sure that we are people who cannot just lead people, but leaders who can lead other leaders, Leader, lead the leaders that lead beside us, you know, and leaders that lead below us, all that kind of stuff. And it's very tricky. And, you know, if you've done it for any amount of time by now, you know how tricky it is and how multifaceted it is. And that's why we keep making episodes, because it is so multifaceted. But today what I wanted to just kind of encourage all of y'all with is a concept that I call made of mosaics. All right. And made of mosaics basically means this. When I say you're made of mosaics or we are made of mosaics, what I basically mean is we are a mix of the people the experiences, you know, that we've been surrounded by, that maybe we've been inspired by, and those that we have encountered, experiences and people, individuals, groups, organizations, churches, whatever, all of those things blended with a mix of choices that we've made are a big mosaic tapestry, if you will, of who we are. Maybe you've seen a mosaic thing. For some reason, when I think of a mosaic, I always think of uh, like a mosaic table, like a garden table. I don't know why. I'm sure there's better mosaic examples. Or the one we all probably naturally go to is the big, like, imagine mosaic uh, thingy in uh, Central Park, you know, that we all see occasionally in movies. That is basically what I'm talking about. I think we are like that. And what I mean by that a little bit more thorough is really, I think we can try and create a life and a persona that is opposite of certain things that either let us down, maybe they were things that we're very disappointed in, you know, with ourselves. Um, maybe you tried and you failed, or maybe you tried and everybody saw you publicly fail, or maybe you tried but it wasn't good enough, so it counted as a failure for you. You know, so, you know, you you got into an organization or you got on staff at a church, whatever it may be. We get into certain situations and environments and people. And sometimes it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Or maybe it goes great, but it doesn't end great. Or maybe it ends great, but it didn't start great. You get the whole picture. And I think we walk away from that situation and we try to figure out either out of embarrassment or out of uh, frustration or anger or whatever it may be, we decide that we're going to kind of tune out of that angle of our story, out of our lives, out of our bio, out of, you know, our LinkedIn profile, whatever. And 
I think we do it to protect ourselves and, you know, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm just going to move forward and I am who I am today. I'm not who I was last year. I am who I am today. You know, I'm just, and you're just moving forward like that. And I think, uh, I think we sell, we do ourselves and other people a, a very big disservice when we do that. I think those mosaic tiles are there for a reason. I think God is a very good storyteller and I think he knows the best way to put a story you know, from beginning to end, he knows how to make it interweave to make a story that he is writing through our lives. And I think sometimes we think just because there's a bad part of the story that he is still not writing the story. And, you know, maybe we think that God has to take a couple pages and he has to skip a little bit because, you know, we were idiots, whatever. And and I just really want to encourage everybody to really embrace the fact that we're made of mosaics, I think it can um, kind of entice us to be fakes or be people who just kind of settle for what's easy or for some people what is quote unquote normal or, you know, maybe certain people wanted you to do certain things a long time ago and now you're just kind of rolling with it because you're just kind of tired of fighting the ship because it just seems like the easier road to take. All of those things can kind of coexist together. And I think, you know, we just want to forget we want to forget, we want to move on for better or for worse. Maybe we're moving on for the better. Maybe in some cases we're moving on for the worse because we just want to be as so far away from it as possible. If you, you know, were really into church and the church did you wrong, then now you want to be as far away from the church as possible. You just want to just, you know, I'll go to church occasionally. I'll still get my tithe, but I don't want to be on staff. I don't want to do anything. Maybe that's the kind of case. Or, you know, maybe you tried to start your own business and it just failed horribly and you maybe had 50 other business ideas, but you're not even going to try to do them. You're just going to go get a cubicle job somewhere because it just makes sense, quote unquote. And I think people aren't moved by who we pretend to be. And in a lot of cases, who we wish we were, they're really moved by who we are and the story that God makes out of our lives. Um, One time I heard a story about a worship leader who uh, was pretty decently well-known, and he had this major dream that he was going to change, well, and I guess he still technically has this dream, that he wanted to change the entire music industry, that he was going to flip it on its head, that there was just going to be a line in the sand, you know, a break in the timeline where we can say forever music was different because of this person. And he played a guitar that was one of, uh, it was basically a model of, one of the guitars that Kurt Cobain used to play. And it was basically that whole vibe. He wanted to surround himself with this attitude of, I am going to change music. Kurt Cobain changed music playing this type of guitar, so I'm going to play it to show that I am going to be one of those individuals that changes music. And it's not really that easy. Um, he very well may change it. Uh, hasn't changed it yet to my knowledge. But who knows? I haven't checked Spotify today. It could be. But... I think we just, it's that whole idea, you know, maybe it's just easier, you know, I want to change the sound of music, and I haven't changed it yet, and it's Tuesday, and by Thursday, I told myself if I didn't change the music world, by Thursday, I'm going to do something else. Well, then maybe by Wednesday, you get Kurt Cobain's old guitar, because you're like, well, at least I know something about how Kurt Cobain did it, so maybe I'll just play the music the way Kurt Cobain did it, and it'll kind of simulate an idea or a vibe of the original intention, which was to change the music industry. That's a very, you know, small example of a wider picture of what I'm saying a lot of times we do. We just kind of 
uh, okay, well, then I'll be this, or I'll add this to my story, or maybe I'll start dressing like this, or maybe I'll, uh, you know, in worship, a lot of people do this, I'll augment my voice and my sound to sound like this person, because, uh, you know, if nothing else, I know a lot of people like this, and maybe I don't like it, but I know other people like it, and if people aren't liking me, I'll at least know that they'll like this version that I show to them. But I think we just, we, I think we really cut people short from really experiencing what God wants to do in their lives through us. I believe God sends us into people's lives for them to experience something specific. The exact same way I feel like um, God sends people into our lives to also um, have us experience something brand new, to have our eyes open, to, you know, have our hearts softened and all these different areas. And I feel like we cut off each other from the possibilities that we really could have with one another because we're so busy playing dress up, we're so busy trying to imitate, we're so busy just trying to get somebody to pat us on the back for what we're doing. And I uh, I think a lot of times I've, I've dealt and do deal with that of just, will somebody just acknowledge that what I'm doing is somewhat decent? And which sometimes is funny because maybe 24 hours before that, somebody did, but it's 24 hours later, so I forgot. And you know, I've, I've napped since then. So I want a fresh person to deliver me something fresh and it better not be this exact same phrases that the other person was using or then I thought they were in cahoots together. It's that kind of thing. And you know, I think, and I'm not trying to make this cheesy, but you know, I think mosaics, um, you know, a mosaic saying doesn't make sense until you get some distance from it. And I think that's how our lives are. I think you don't really understand the full picture until you've moved on from it a bit and then turn and see the full view. But I think what happens is we're all about the distance, but I don't think sometimes we get the distance and then turn around and see the image to see the full story. And I think that's what kind of um, sets us up short a lot of times because a lot of us have plenty of distance. We basically have distance to the point of denial that there's everything back there that we're even getting distance from. But I think once we get some distance, we have to turn around and see the full picture. And, you know, I think a lot of times there's a, you know, a person that walks by some random mosaic, like me, seeing a random mosaic garden table, for example. I see the large image, maybe they were trying to make, you know, a flower or maybe a specific ocean image, whatever it could be. And I see it usually pretty immediately. But I will never understand that mosaic image the way that the person who built it did. I'll never understand everything that went into it. The time, the scratches on the hands, putting the cement in there, the, you know, the cuts, trying to break off individual mosaic pieces and then placing them. And then, you know, a cat probably walked in and mess, walked on them and another other out of place. And I got to put them back. And then maybe some pieces were crooked. You know, there's all types of things that I do not understand that journey. And people are like that as well, obviously. And you can't hate them for that because there's no reason why somebody would know all of the things that went into the image because all they're doing is passing by and seeing the broad image. And, you know, I think um, one of the, the best real ways I always think of this is there was a pastor I heard one time make this statement. I love this statement. And he said that God took into account everything that you would do before he called you and he called you anyway. That God took into account everything that you and I would do 
before he called us into whatever it is, into whatever, whatever it is now, whatever it will be 50 years from now and beyond. God took into account all of the horrible choices we were going to make. He took into account all the people that were going to let us down, all the people that we were going to let down. He took into account the entire story. And he decided to call us anyway. He decided to start the journey anyway, to write the story anyway. And we have to trust in the author that there's a reason for that. And we also have to believe and trust that all of those pieces are there for a reason. And I think we we don't need to be afraid of what parts to include, what parts to embellish. You know, I think uh, one of the things that uh, Dr. David Horton Back at Lee University, he used to say, he said, you need to swallow the fish and spit out the bones. What is there that, you know, what, what's, what's the good that can be found? And once you find what's good, take that. Now, the bones and the, and the, you know, the bogus stuff, you can spit it out, you can move on, you know, it doesn't really matter, it's immaterial to you. But the meat that's there, the good that's there, you know, the good relationship that's there, the good lesson that you learned there, maybe it's a relationship that was formed with somebody, you know, a good friendship, whatever, at an organization or something like that. What are the good places? For some people and in some situations, there's plenty of good. For some people, there's like two good things. And it just varies from case to case, and I fully understand that. But I am asking, is there any good that can be found that you can take and apply to who you are moving forward? Because I think the pain, the frustration, all that kind of stuff, we don't allow ourselves to let it be worth it. I think too often, sorry about the text, um, I, I believe that far too often we don't allow the pain, the frustration, all the anguish, all the stuff, the tears, everything. I believe too often we don't allow it to be worth it, to allow it to actually take it to someplace new in us and for other people to experience that. You know, I think at the end of the day, you were drawn to certain things for a reason and you were drawn away for a reason. Again, I believe that you were drawn to certain things for a reason and you were drawn away for a reason. There's been plenty of people and organizations, ministries, whatever, that I was drawn to for a reason. And I think in, in some cases, we do certain things for longer periods than we do for others. So, so when I say that, um, some of those things that I was drawn to, I may very well do more things with them in the future, and I plan to in some cases. But in some cases, you just do them for the one season, and the rest of your life, you never do again. But in all of that, what I'm saying is the things that you were drawn to, the ideas, you know, I was drawn to one ministry specifically that I had never seen ministry done like that before. And certain things, you know, on my end and their end didn't go the way that probably we would have preferred. And it draws a line in the sand where you have to make a choice. Am I just going to radically go away from all the things that drew me to them that I felt like had something to say in my life and something to say through my life? Or am I going to take the good away? Let it just be there and let it be, you know, flexible and usable and and something that is a part of my story like it's supposed to be. Or am I just going to be drastically cold to that area of ministry, that area of thought? That's the thing I'm trying to ask. Because even though you were drawn away, is there good to be taken away from that scenario to add to your story? You know, let what drew you be a part of you. You know, if you were drawn to something because of the kindness of, an, you know, if you were drawn to an individual to be a mentor or something like that, 
because they were abnormally kind. If something goes you know, sideways with that mentor, let the kindness elements that you learned through stories, through interactions, all that kind of stuff, take that, take the good that you can find, and you just don't find the good, but you have to take the good and ingest it and let it be a part of who you are moving forward. Let it be a tile, of the mosaic piece of who God is making you to be, because every piece matters. The mosaic is not the mosaic with half of the mosaic tiles missing. The mosaic is a mosaic because all the pieces, broken as they are, are present. And I think, you know, there may have been reasons you left, fine. You know, did maybe you were there and you felt like God was kind of leading you to something else. And then you got to the something else. And then you realized, well, now there's something else I'm missing. And then you went to that. And then, well, now there's something else I'm missing. I think that part of life shouldn't discount all of the pieces that get us to those places, if that makes sense. You shouldn't discount all of the parts of the story because you're so worried about getting to the end or to the climax or whatever. All of the pieces of the story are part of the story. So let's not discount them and throw them away and act like we never liked those people, we never liked that organization, that person was never a mentor to me, I don't even know who you're talking about, I've never even met them before. No, let all of those pieces be a part of the story or the story will not hold the weight that those story is supposed to hold. And I think all of it comes down to this. A lot of times we're fake and we're phony from all the things that embarrass us. But I think if if we would just breathe for a minute, what we would allow ourselves to see is we don't want to just settle for what everyone else has. Because it's likely that they have that because it was easy and not because it was better. I think so often we want to get to what is better. You know, we don't want to be an abusive relationship. Why? Because there's something better than an abusive relationship. We don't want somebody to manipulate us. Why? Because there's something better than that. We don't want to be making pennies for what we are actually worth to be paid. Why? Because there is something better. We don't want to be snobbish and sarcastic all the time. Why? Because God has something better for our lives than to be a punk to everybody that we encounter. So that's what I'm saying. We don't want to just settle for what everybody else has. Although what they have may look shiny, may look, you know, applauded, may look new, may have a big following on Instagram, but that doesn't necessarily mean that what they have is better. In a lot of cases, what they have is easy. What they have is also manipulated, is also settled for. But we have an opportunity to have a life that is not settled for, but that is rewarded. When I first went back to Lee University, I had been kicked out a couple times for grades because I really loved tacos and I hated class. And that basically sums up why I didn't do really good my first stint at Lee University. But when I first went back to Lee, they put us in this thing that I called academic therapy. I don't really know what it was called, but I loved to call it academic therapy. And the person who was leading this, you know, therapy session would basically go around the room and, you know, talk to us about why we weren't going to classes and anything we needed to make sure that we graduated and so on and so forth. And he made a statement that I will never forget. And I knew the second I heard it, maybe it's my Enneagram shining through, but the second I heard it, I knew I was going to graduate. Come hell or high water, I knew I was going to graduate. And he said, on the day, if you decide to finish, you know, you know, do your classes, so on and so forth, and you decide to finish this college, on your graduation day, you day, Dr. Paul Kahn, the president of the university, he will hand you a diploma, and you will be rewarded 
that diploma. You're not given a diploma on the day you graduate. You are rewarded a diploma on the day you graduate. And that's the separation I'm talking about. That's the separation for somebody that settled for something and they just kind of went with the system because systems work, but they decided they wanted a life that could be rewarded. They wanted to be rewarded a life that although it was very, you know, a lot more difficult and a lot more bumps and bruises, it was something that when they die, that they felt like was theirs. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this story, this mosaic you know, image that God is painting through all of our lives, all of the messy pieces, all of the messy relationships throughout our entire life and the continuation of our life, because they're more than likely not done yet. We need to allow those pieces to be there because that is when the scene makes the most sense. That's when the scene is the most beautiful. And I also believe that's when the scene is the most useful to change people's lives. And if you're a leader who wants to lead leaders, you want to lead them somewhere. And the best way to lead people somewhere is to let them see the fullness of who you are. That doesn't mean you just, you know, give your dirty laundry out to every passerby or you don't have to do that. But you do allow yourself to not be cold to the pieces that did not work out the way you wanted them to. And when we do that, we will be better for it. Now, thank you so much. I know that was that was kind of heavy, kind of deep. I don't usually like to try and do really deep episodes like that all too often. So we probably won't have these for like, you know, six more weeks because I'm going to try and prove a point by being more goofy or something. Who knows? But thank you so much again. Let us know if you're enjoying these podcasts, if you hate these podcasts. Some whack person listened to this and gave it like a one-star review. And I think it was either one of my friends or some whack person that just jumped on and was just in a bad mood that day. Don't be that guy. Don't be a one-star. Y'all are five-star people. Don't be a one-star. Nobody wants to be a one-star. Thank you so much. We love you guys. And remember, let's just play nice in that sandbox.